Could Be Worse, Episode 10, DABT 2022, ICH-S1B, Testing for Carcinogenicity of Pharmaceuticals. This is an abridged version of the guidelines focusing primarily on the parts most likely to be on the DABT exam. Some parts and even some paragraphs have been left out. There are also additional ICH guidance documents referenced in this guidance. As always, for the actual practice of toxicology, please read the fine manual. Section 4, Preamble. The strategy for testing the carcinogenic potential of pharmaceuticals is developed only after the acquisition of certain key units of information, including the results of genetic toxicology, intended patient population, clinical dosage regimen, pharmacodynamics in animals and in humans, selectivity, dose response, and repeated dose toxicology studies. Repeated dose toxicology studies in any species, including non-rodents, may indicate that the test compound possesses immunosuppressant properties, hormonal activity, or other activity considered to be a risk factor for humans and this information should be considered in the design of any further studies for the assessment of carcinogenic potential. Experimental approaches to testing for carcinogenic potential. Flexibility and judgment should be exercised in the choice of an approach which should be influenced by the information cited in the above preamble. Given the complexity of the process of carcinogenesis, no single experimental approach can be expected to predict the carcinogenic potential of all pharmaceuticals for humans. The basic principle. The basic scheme comprises one long-term rodent carcinogenicity study, plus one other study of the type mentioned later that supplements the long-term carcinogenicity study and provides additional information that is not readily available from the long-term assay. Choice of species for a long-term carcinogenicity study. The species selected should be appropriate based on considerations that include the following. Pharmacology, repeated dose toxicology, metabolism, see other guidelines, toxicokinetics, see other guidelines, route of administration, that is, less common routes such as dermal and inhalation. In the absence of clear evidence favoring one species, it is recommended that the rat be selected. Additional in vivo tests for carcinogenicity. Additional tests may either be short to medium term or long term rodent studies. Shorter medium term in vivo rodent test systems. Possibilities should focus on the use of in vivo models providing insight into carcinogenic endpoints. These may include models of initiation, promotion in rodents, or models of carcinogenesis using transgenic or neonatal rodents. And for long-term, a long-term carcinogenicity study in second rodent species is still considered acceptable. Considerations in the choice of short or medium-term tests for carcinogenicity. Emphasis should be placed on selection of a test method that can contribute information valuable to the overall weight of evidence for the assessment of carcinogenic potential. The rationale for this choice should be documented and based on information available at the time of method selection about the pharmaceutical, such as pharmacodynamics and exposure compared to human or any other information that may be relevant. This rationale should include a scientific discussion of the strengths and weaknesses of the method selected for the pharmaceutical. Section 5. Mechanistic studies. Mechanistic studies are often useful for the interpretation of tumor findings in a carcinogenicity study and can provide a perspective of their relevance to human risk assessment. The need for or the design of an investigative study will be dictated by particular properties of the drug and or the specific results from the carcinogenicity testing. Dose dependency and the relationship to carcinogenicity study conditions should be evaluated in these investigational studies. Suggestions include cellular changes. Relevant tissues may be examined for changes at the cellular level using morphological, histochemical, or functional criteria. As appropriate, attention may be directed to such changes as the dose relationship for apoptosis, cell proliferation, liver foci of cellular alteration, or changes in intracellular communication. 
biochemical measurements. Depending on the putative mode of tumorigenic action, investigations could involve measurements of plasma hormone levels, for example, T3, T4, TSH, or prolactin, growth factors, binding to proteins such as alpha-2 mu globulin, tissue enzyme activities, etc. In some situations, it may be possible to test a hypothesis of, for example, a hormone imbalance with another study in which the imbalance has been, at least in part, compensated. Considerations for additional genotoxicity testing. See other guidelines. Additional genotoxicity testing in appropriate models may be invoked for compounds that were negative in the standard test battery, but which have shown effects in carcinogenicity tests with no clear evidence for an epigenetic mechanism. Additional testing can include modified conditions for metabolic activation of in vitro tests or can include in vivo tests measuring genotoxic damage in target organs of tumor induction, such as DNA damage and repair tests, phosphorus-32 post-labeling, mutation induction in transgenes. Modified protocols. Modified protocols may be helpful to clarify the mode of tumorigenic action of the test substances. Such protocols might include groups of animals to explore, for example, the consequence of interrupted dosage regimens or the reversibility of cellular changes after cessation of dosing. Section 6. General considerations in the choice of an appropriate species for long-term carcinogenicity testing. There are several general considerations which in the absence of other clear indications, suggests that the rat will normally be the species of choice for a long-term carcinogenicity study. Information from surveys on pharmaceuticals. In the six analyses, attention was given to date on genetic toxicology, tumor incidence, strain of animal, root and dosage regimen, pharmacological or therapeutic activity, development and or regulatory status, and if relevant, reason for termination of development. Inevitably, there was considerable overlap of the data, but that is not necessarily an impediment to drawing valid conclusions. The main overall conclusions from the analysis were A. Though very few instances have been identified of mouse tumors being the sole reason for regulatory action concerning a pharmaceutical, data from this species may have contributed to a weight of evidence decision in identifying agents that cause tumors in two rodent species. B. Of the compounds displaying carcinogenic activity in only one species, the number of rat-only compounds was about double the number of mouse-only compounds, implying a simplistic sense that the rat is more sensitive than the mouse. C. As with other surveys accessible in the literature, the data for pharmaceuticals was dominated by the high incidence of rodent liver tumors. The high susceptibility of mouse liver to non-genotoxic chemicals has been the subject of many symposium workshops. These have concluded that these tumors may not always have relevance to carcinogenic risk in humans and can potentially be misleading. Potential to study mechanisms. The carcinogenic activity of non-genotoxic chemicals in rodents is characterized by a high degree of species, strain, and target organ specificity and by the existence of thresholds in the dose-response relationships. Mechanistic studies in recent years have permitted the distinction between effects that are specific to the rodent model and those that are likely to have relevance for humans. Progress has often been associated with increased understanding of species and tissue specificity. For example, receptor-mediated carcinogenesis is being recognized as of growing importance. Most of these advances are being made in the rat and only rarely in the mouse. Metabolic disposition. Neither rats nor mice would seem on metabolic grounds to be a priori generally more suitable for the conduct of long-term carcinogenicity studies. However, much attention is now being given to pharmacokinetic pharmacodynamic relationships and rapid progress is occurring in knowledge of the P450 isozymes that mediate the biotransformation of drugs.
Most of this research activity is confined to rats and humans. Therefore, in the near future at least, where specific information on the P450 isozymes involved in biotransformation is critical for the evaluation, it appears that mice would be less likely to provide this mechanistic information. Practicality. Pertinent to the above two topics is the question of feasibility of investigative studies. Size considerations alone put the mouse at a severe disadvantage when it comes to taking of serial blood samples, microsurgery, catheterization, and the weighing of organs. Blood sampling often requires the sacrifice of the animals, with the results that may, many extra animals may be needed when mice are subject to such investigations. Testing in more than one species. Most of the currently available short medium term in vivo models for carcinogenicity testing involve the use of mice. In order to allow testing in more than one species for carcinogenic potential, when this is considered important and appropriate, the rat will often be used in the long term carcinogenicity study. Exceptions. Despite the above considerations, there may be circumstances under which the mouse or another rodent species could be justified on mechanistic, metabolic, or other grounds as being a more appropriate species for the long-term carcinogenicity study for human risk assessment. Under such circumstances, it may still be acceptable to use the mouse as a short-term or medium-term model. Evaluation of carcinogenic potential. Evidence of tumorigenic effects of the drug in rodent models should be evaluated in light of the tumor instance and latency, the pharmacokinetics of the drug in the rodent models as compared to humans, and data from any ancillary or mechanistic studies that are informative with respect to the relevance of the observed effects to humans. The results from any tests cited above should be considered as part of the overall weight of evidence, taking into account the scientific status of the test systems. Notes. I'm going to put the notes squarely in the section of need to know to do the testing, but not likely to be on the actual DABT test. Also note, I'm not connected with the board, and I've only taken the test once, so I'm not exactly an expert, but I did pass and I don't recall anything coming from footnotes.